0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode three of Stuttering Through Life, the podcast that's all about stuttering. I'm your host, Kian Lee, and jo- jo- joining us to, to, to today is my aunt, Emily Fraser. She teaches a high school course called Career and Life Management at a school in Alberta, Canada, and is also a very involved member of the post-concussion
1: syndrome community. Hi, Emily. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so proud of you for starting this podcast <laughs> and just listening to the first couple episodes. You're such a natural. So I'm really I'm so inspired by what you're doing and the representation you're providing. And I know that it's gonna build into an amazing community. So I'm really proud of you.
0: Oh thank you. I'm so kind. So um I know you've interacted with a lot of your students, and I was just wondering, have you ever had students that uh, that stutter in your classes?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple for sure. And I was thinking back to how I even, how they approached it and and really, with both cases, because I teach high school, students would really come up to me and just say, hey, so I have a stutter, this is what you can expect. And and then I would just ask, how can I support you? And that's kind of how I deal, like as a teacher, you you deal with a lot of different students with varying abilities and different issues, whether it's emotional or psychological or or physical, Mm -hmm. there's a a big variety. So really, as a teacher, I've never so much thought about how do I support students with stutters? It's more, I think my goal is always, how can I create a safe environment for everyone and really building that community? Um, I know one thing that I started adding in was like, at the beginning, I have a journal prompt that allows Mm -hmm. students to share with me, what do they want me to know about them as a student and anything that's maybe going on at home or anything like that? Because I know sometimes it's hard to share it out loud, but Mm -hmm. it's really a safe way for students to know they're just speaking with me and privately. and, And that's a way that I've been able to like gain that kind of insight from students as well for how I can support them
0: yeah that's great I think um having that space like you said for them to tell you what's going on because like I said it's hard to say it in words sometimes even for me there's actually been really few times where I like went up to a teacher and told them I had a stutter and it's different for everyone but I feel like that way um it might be good for the teacher to know like that yeah and I think
1: that's So important because teachers want to know how we can support students and it takes I know it takes a lot of confidence to sometimes approach the teacher and share. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the, another thing I was thinking about is, at least in Canada, we mostly call them learning strategists, but mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called in the States, but every school has people, whether it's a student success center or accessibility services, there's always people in a school that are there to help. So even if maybe you're not comfortable with a teacher, maybe you can go talk to a homeroom teacher or figure out who those people are that can help you, because there's tons of supports and interventions in place in schools. Yeah, a lot I of times it's come. just, if people don't ask, you don't know. Like, I didn't even know you had a stutter. because. Yeah, I, I know. Never- i've never noticed it yeah um like
0: the counselors at the schools are pretty much like the same things right and i think as a teacher i think the best thing is having like a safe and um overall accepting environment you know and i think that prompt you to in your classes. That's a really good way to get to know your students better. I think that's
1: great. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I started doing recently because I really, I started doing a master's recently in education and my Mm -hmm. topics advancing healthy and socially just schools and communities. So what I've learned from that is that really students, if they don't feel safe, they literally can't learn their brain shuts off. They need Mm -hmm, to have their Nervous system regulated, and especially for someone with a stutter, I think that's even more important. We never know what's going on in the lives of our students, so it's just these little changes I'm trying to do to adapt and really meet the needs of everyone. Mm
0: -hmm. I think especially when, um, in my personal experience, when I was younger, sometimes when we had to read out loud, or I knew I had to answer questions soon, it was so hard for me to think about like what the teacher was saying and what was going on in class. But maybe if I had, um, if I wasn't so afraid of my stutter back then it might've been easier for me to just, you know, just go with it.
1: <laughs> go yeah. With the Well, and I also think another aspect about teaching, at least it's something you're taught nowadays in teachers' college, is providing options for students. So I always Mm -hmm. give the option, if it's a written assignment, you can also submit like an MP3 recording if you'd rather speak out loud. Or Mm -hmm. if you have to do a live presentation, if you want to record yourself and show the video in class, that's okay too. I think just adding that flexibility without allowing a student let's say someone doesn't like writing. I can't, they can't just go the whole year without speaking mm -hmm. or vice versa. Like if a student does have a stutter, I don't want them to just avoid it completely. But I think it's just mm -hmm. finding that
0: balance. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good way to just make feel everyone comfortable in the classroom, which is what we all want, I think, overall. Definitely. And I also mentioned before that you're a member of the post-concussion syndrome community, um, can you tell us a little bit about that and your experiences with it?
1: Yeah. Um, so a co- more than a couple of years ago, I was rear-ended in a car accident. So oh, I-, I thought it was just a basic concussion at first, but as the days and then weeks and then months went on, it became pretty clear that it was long, longer term, yeah. um, a brain injury. So that's how I got acquainted. I call it the PCS community or persistent concussion symptoms it's sometimes referred to now but I really discovered the value of Instagram and Facebook groups and just mm-hmm. podcasts even where people were going through what I was going through which is why I think your podcast is amazing cuz mm-hmm. there's definitely people who might think they're alone and and for me realizing I wasn't alone was very empowering yes, and And I was telling you earlier, like when I was listening to your other episodes, I really saw similarities between that and the concussion world, because um, a term I've recently learned is the dynamic disability, which is really Mm -hmm. that concept that similar to you, um, like it is it is a disability, what we're experiencing, but it's not necessarily static. Like it changes. There are some times where maybe you won't stutter or where I don't have issues. And then there's other days where I can't even go to a grocery store because my symptoms are so bad and it's too overstimulating, right? Mm -hmm. So I really saw that similarity. And also the fact that with concussions, I mean, a lot of people didn't know how bad how bad things were because sometimes they'd see me and I'd look fine. And that's the nature of when things are invisible, when it's not something people can tangibly see, it's a bit harder for people to be empathetic. And especially when like you, you carry yourself so professionally and like, (laughs) yeah, you definitely, it's not like I wouldn't, I've never experienced you stutter around me. So it's kind of like, well, this is a huge part of your identity and it's part of who you are. And yet some people might not even know that it's going on, which is pretty common.
0: Yeah, I think um, what you said about, uh, first of all, what you said about empathy is a really, really big thing. That's um, a really big s- 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 similarity between a person experiencing the persistent concussion symptoms and a person who stutters. Because I remember when we were talking earlier, you said um, other people might not really understand that the effects of a con- of a Concussion can last this long and they might like downplay it or not really think it's a big deal, but for you, it's like it could it could be a big deal.
1: Yeah. yeah. Just like, I'm sure nobody knows, like maybe you've gotten a lot of therapy, therapeutic interventions and support, Mm -hmm. and you've developed these skills of how to manage with, with your stutter. And similar to me, like I know how to plan and pace my day. I know if I'm fatigued that I need to rest. Like I know how I've come Mm -hmm. up with all these ways to accommodate and adapt that people don't always realize what's going on and how challenging it is for us. And Mm -hmm. and I think that's why, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for empathy because I think that It's really one of the biggest things we're lacking right now.
0: Yeah, for in the whole
1: world is people Mm -hmm. not being able to put themselves in someone else's shoes. And it's a huge thing that I've realized these days. It's a taught skill. So I really try Mm -hmm. to teach that in my classes. I've been focusing more on social emotional learning these days, which is kind of a buzzword in the educator world. But it's pretty great. Yeah, we need to be learning how to actually like treat each other kindly and listen and communicate, which like maybe it's not always as important as learning. I don't know how to. I don't remember anything from calculus when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and I think for stuttering too that empathy comes into play a lot when someone when, for example, if I'm stuttering in front of someone that doesn't know what stuttering is or doesn't know how to react, um, they might not know what to do and they might they might laugh or, or fill in the word for me and they might not know it at the time, but it might have a negative impact on me. And, but it's not really because they're a bad person or that they're necessarily um, not empathetic. It's just, they don't really know. So I think it's great to just let as many people know about these things so they can be more educated and just know what's going on and how and just know that these types of things can be happening for all these types of people.
1: Yeah. And it makes me think of like, I I mean, what's great about now that you're starting the podcast and when you're going to start promoting it, like probably friends of yours are going to be like, I had no idea. This is something that you dealt with Mm -hmm. or even thought about. It'll open that room for conversation, which sometimes can be exhausting for the people experiencing the disability. It's like, we don't want to constantly have to advocate for ourselves, but this allows a door and an opening for you to bring those conversations to life. And it's Mm kind of like, I I remember after my accident, like when I was driving, it was scary. Like I still can't drive and listen to music of the multitasking, mm-hmm. I, I'd be on the road and I'd be like hyper vigilant, like terrified that mm-hmm. I would be hit again. Like, yeah, right? It's it's, that was the accident. It's yeah, terrifying. it's tra- traumatic. And then I remember, like, usually if I saw someone driving slowly or like or, or cautiously before the accident, I was always like, oh, like hurry up. I'd like yeah, maybe exactly. get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And now every time I see someone who's not driving properly, I'm like, I'm so much more empathetic. I was like, I don't know yeah. what's going on in their yeah, life. maybe like, that person's
0: like nervous or
1: yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and the great thing is you don't have to necessarily like be in a car accident to change how you feel about um other people on the road for example I think if you just someone maybe tells you or you learn about it that's one way to spread the awareness that these things can happen absolutely for sure yeah I remember when we found out that you got a concussion from a car accident it was like so scary and i didn't know if you're okay but i was like so glad you were okay but um before you told me about these persistent symptoms i definitely did did did, didn't know that they can um, carry out like this so do you think you can tell us a a little bit about what um these concussion symptoms might might be in your personal experience (laughs)
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I didn't even know that it was a thing because in my experience with concussions, especially teaching in a school, when students get concussions, like they bounce back pretty quickly. So yeah,
0: yeah, in a couple of weeks, like a the football players, yeah. they get a concussion and they're back in like. A month or so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And often it had kind of become this joke amongst teachers like, oh, so and so has a concussion. How convenient. Like, exams are next week. Like, (laughs) honestly, that's kind of the mindset I have was looking back. I'm like, oh my gosh, how could I have said those kind of things? Like, now Mm -hmm. when a student gets a concussion, I'm like, what can I do? Like, rest, Mm -hmm. don't. But no, yeah, it's something that people don't really realize. It varies on definitions, but usually, if it's like one to three months after the initial uh, concussion, if you're still experiencing symptoms, symptoms, that's when it becomes PCS. Mm-hmm. And um, it varies for everyone. For me, it was everything. Like I couldn't even walk for five minutes without getting so oh. dizzy and a headache. I pretty much sat in a dark room like I couldn't even tolerate listening to a podcast for more than 10 minutes or I couldn't cook it's all these things that I looked completely fine but I was struggling so much Mm -hmm. and um and I know a lot of like and I consider myself a lucky one like even after two years I'm almost like fully recovered I definitely still have limitations but there's people in the PCS world it's been going on for seven ten years Mm -hmm. it takes so long to recover yeah And and now I think because of the whole concussions in football world, there's starting to be a lot more awareness, but back Mm -hmm. in the day, it was really challenging and and we don't, we're beginning to realize the long-term effects and how many interventions and and parts, the brain controls everything. So really like, Everything from vision to speech to motor function, all these mm. things can be affected. So it's a really like I've seen probably like twenty five doctors in two years. Oh my just, gosh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Just like you have to chip away at every little symptom because it's being caused and impacting different things. So mm-hmm. it's it's a really that complex, complex thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah I well, think I can... a lot more awareness is being raised about it now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brain injuries are like so complicated. Changing topics really quick. Uh you actually have your own podcast called The Calm Podcast, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So it was actually one of my biggest limitations has been my vision. I haven't been able to tolerate a lot of screen time. So mm-hmm. right before the pandemic hit, I I was not back to work full time yet. And I was kind of just bored and wanting to do something. And I was so, I'm mm-hmm. so passionate about the course I teach, Career and Life Management. Like, yeah, we talk about... Course. Yeah, we talk about finances, career planning, well-being, all these things that like people always say. I wish they taught us that in school. Yeah. So I, I, just call. I started the calm podcast like inspired by career and life management class. So it's been so fun, and mm-hmm. it was such a good hobby during the lockdown, and a great way to meet people. And I was yeah. able to like talk about concussions, but also talk about a wide variety of topics. So it's been super fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've. I've listened to a lot of the episodes, and they're so informational, and they're just so fun, and it just like such a likable host, and yeah, I really Aww. love it.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Well, I feel the same way about your podcast. We'll so definitely be prom- promoting this on my platform as yeah, well. Of
0: course. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much for doing this with me, Emily. It was so great.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm just so happy I can be involved in any way. And I know this is going to be a huge success. I mean, I can't believe you're in grade 11 or whatever you call it in <laughs> the States. Like I was like, what? You're so accomplished. So I'm super, super proud of you.
0: Thank you. Um, all right. So make sure to, to check out Emily Fraser's podcast called The P- Com <laughs> Podcast, which stands for Career and Life Management. It has a lot of great information about Um, career paths and just general well-being and I'm sure there's there will be a personal story or experience um, you can connect to. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stuttering Through Life and stay tuned for episode four.